Hello and welcome to the Digging and Delving podcast number three. There's four allotments, four to five allotments that I look after, three of which were my father's, my late father, who passed away a couple of years ago. So I'm desperately trying to maintain those in the way that uh, he used to, which was to a, uh, an exacting standard, let's say. And uh, fortunately, the allotment that uh, I had, or I have of my own, if you like, which I've had for three or four years, is tacked on to, to the ones that Dad had. So it's all in a block, which makes it a lot easier. There are several people on the allotments who have uh, more than one allotment, but they're, they're separated. So that's uh, hard work, I should imagine. Definitely. Yeah, you're in one place. You haven't got to walk too yeah. far to, uh, to look so- after everything. My memory's a bit poor, and I was away abroad for, for 25 years, so um, I, I think Dad had them for um, probably 20 to 25 years, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm relatively ancient myself, so <laughs> Dad would have had these allotments when I was in my mid-20s. Okay. So uh, I don't actually know how long the allotments have been here. 1895. Yeah. Oh, so more than 100 years, 100 and... yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. I've been here since my dad finished and he started in about 1970. And I took this over from my father. About 40 years, something like that. As As far as I can remember. I'm guessing, mostly, yes. No, I inherited that shed from from my brother who was two plots away. Then my other brother had the corner plot. Anything we eat, I grow, with a bit of luck. Now the Andens shelter, yeah, obviously dates from the war. It's still up over there in the corner on the sort of um, uh, north east side of the allotments. Um, and I think at one stage we had a, a police box here as well. I haven't seen the police box, but I think it's uh, nearer the entrance. Um, and we've had uh, sheds that have been absolutely covered in ivy. You can't see the door. <laughs> yeah, I understand there was a piggery during the war, maybe before. Um, and also rabbit sheds that were used here to... Uh, uh, for rabbit meat during the war, uh, to supplement a fairly meagre diet. Um, so, uh, very healthy rabbits, five times more protein than chicken. So, um, yeah, that was used a lot. Um, it was during the war when they were digging for victory and you dug up your back lawns and loads of people did, stately homes did as well. And we were granted an allotment, mother and child desperately needing food, they thought. So we had a full-size ten-rod allotment and just grew whatever they supplied. You got your seeds, a certain amount of seed potatoes you were given, allocated, according to how big the family was and things like that. I think everybody grew things and saved the seed, even off of cabbages and tomatoes particularly. I'm a gardener for work and I obviously work in a lot of different gardens around the area and people are always getting rid of stuff. So I, 
you know, I accept it gratefully and bring it back here. And uh, the wheelbarrow is actually with Dad's. I mean, see, that is, when I go back, going back to being self-sufficient, I mean, Dad would never buy a wheelbarrow. His wheelbarrow was full of holes. It was rusted out, but he used it because not, not much fell through the holes. <laughs> so... <laughs> That, you know, that really was it. He loved it. His mother, my grandmother, used to save paper clips for me. I ran an insurance brokerage and I would visit her as an elderly lady. Her as an elderly lady rather than me. Uh, and she would give me a paper clip. That was... They didn't throw things away, no. She boiled a kettle and if there was any hot water left, it would go into a thermos flask and she'd use that to make the next cup of tea. So... Think things are different these days, but yes. th there was there was a joy in being thrifty. Mm. It's you know it's it's yes. it's a way of life, and it mm. and it has its you know satisfactions. Yeah, I come down with the family sometimes. Sometimes it's nice to get away from the family. In fact, it's a great excuse to just have a bit of alone time. Um, you know the uh, the coriander garnish isn't going to pick itself for that nice meal in the evening so it's a good opportunity to just pop up here maybe take the dogs for a little walk as well and then the the kids like to come down now and again as well and sprinkle a few seeds when the weather's nice and or hunt for some strawberries they're always hunting for strawberries the few times I've taken them down here we've had some nice strawberries and now every time we come down they always want strawberries but obviously it's only a, a couple of weeks of the year you get them so so uh, yeah we just keep we'll find stuff to do and they just like coming down here and picking the flowers or we, we make these potions here we've got this um old bin uh, that we fill with water and stick weeds in it and make a like a gunky homemade organic liquid feed and uh, they love just stirring it Oh, it was completely overgrown. Um, we had to. We had. We started off with one small plot, and then we took over a second one. And it was just weeds and overgrown, so we just had to start from scratch to do it all. <laughs> no um, weekends and two or three times a week to water. Um, we share it with Bob's brother. We take turns in the watering each night, so we don't have to come down every night to water. Um, but um, when this time of year, when everything starts growing, we, we're down here more often. <laughs> We've got three daughters and grandchildren, so we give quite a bit away, and neighbours and family and friends, yes. It all started with my dad's mum, my grandma. And she had an allotment where she lived in Gisborough in Yorkshire, and uh, she grew all her own. Uh, vegetables and fruit was self-sufficient had a pantry she lived in a, in a uh, she ran a guest house and had a, a traditional pantry which was full of elderberries bottled rye in everything yeah. uh, chutneys all sorts I mean it was literally full and, and we ate from it every day of the year so my father was a restaurateur mm. and uh, w food is very important mm. so having access to organic pick that day veg is is important to our you know to our way of life i've, I've got that problem that housewives have with cleaning 
whatever it's called. But I have uh, really, I'm not happy here unless it's pretty spick and span. So. I'm Margot Hancock and I'm the granny to the three boys that are here with their dad, Tim. Yes, he had his, he had his own little plot when he was little <laughs> and he used to sell me the produce. <laughs> and I was so thrilled when they got an allotment because they, when they come to me in Norfolk, I've got a big garden and they, they've all in turn loved helping in the greenhouse, watering the plants and then picking the produce off the tomato plants and blueberry bushes and uh, so when I got this allotment I thought what a wonderful time for them to all to be together doing things like this and then taking home the produce to the mum, cooking it. And the first time I came down the lady at the back that backs onto this allotment came to the fence and she said oh I love the idea that children are getting involved and they talk over the fence, you know, it's, it's quite nice, nice social thing to do. Yeah, the grandchildren absolutely love it. The grandchildren are um, in and out and watering and getting themselves soaking wet, and me as well, and absolutely love it, you know. Um, uh, and they run around and uh, do any jobs that are asked of them, really. Uh, for at least two minutes at a time. My daughter, who's um, lives, I mean, she works full time, so it's slightly different for her, and she has two young children. But she absolutely loves gardening, <laughs> and um, she's inherited that from me. And together we have made a. She's got a big garden, and it's really, really nice now. So uh, she really could. She said she had wish she had more time because she loves doing it like me. time I had fairly young children and I wanted to teach them how to grow vegetables because I think it's important it's a it's a, a skill that I think we're probably not as good at communicating with the young people of today as we could be uh, we did have a brownie group up here uh, because we had some really good brownie leaders and they would they they brought the brownies up here sort of around about six or seven o'clock in the spring and showed them all the different um, vegetables and it was interesting asking the brownies questions to find out if they knew what the vegetables looked like if they could identify them and some young kids were pretty good and others actually couldn't identify what they saw in the ground and nowadays the the volume of uh, different um, types of uh, vegetables and fruits has absolutely ballooned mm. um, and so you know the, the varieties are so much more um, varied for what we get here you can grow stuff virtually especially with the greenhouse you can grow stuff all year round um, and uh, yeah no the, the varieties of, of crops that can be grown are really quite extensive now. People are growing grapes here, um, you know, aubergines are common, things that years ago one wouldn't have been 
considered growing. So it's really come on quite leaps and bounds really. Particularly with, with doing it with young kids, you don't want to be too regimented. I want to get down with a pack of seeds, um, you know, and encourage the kids to, to sow it. And if they sow it, you know, here, there, or, or wherever, the fun is just doing doing the sowing rather than deciding that it needs to go there and we have to worry about crop rotation. I spend a lot of time here, so to have a few, um, whatever they're called, um, home comforts is is not a bad idea really I think uh, it, traditionally um, certainly where my father was concerned he would go to great lengths not to spend uh, any money on an allotment that's the sort of traditional it's part of the value of self-sufficiency and uh, but we're, in, we're a different generation and that summer house while it, it it was something my father would never have considered over its lifetime um, will provide great comfort and value so yeah my name is uh, Fiona and uh, I volunteer I'm one of the volunteers uh, at the trading shed uh, and I've been volunteering for a year or so now um, so I don't, I don't really do the lion's share of the work, but I help out maybe with uh, taking money at the till. That's the main thing, and uh, and maybe some hiring of some of the equipment that we that we that we hire out, like um, the mowers and the strimmers, uh, which obviously are used at particular times of the year. So our busy times will be in the early spring uh, when we have potatoes, seed potatoes. Um, and then the vegetable seeds and the flower seeds as well. We sell more vegetable seeds than, than flowers normally. Um, and yes, it can, be, it can be busy at certain times of the year. Obviously it depends on the weather. So if it's a nice sunny day, people come out to work on their allotment. Uh, and if it's pouring down with rain, less so. Well, there's sometimes people use that time to come into the shed to do their planning and buy their, any sort of structural things that they need like canes or mesh. Um, they buy that from us too. Uh, if there's any particular feeds or treatments that they might use, um, then they look for that too. It's very sociable in the shed, and I have to admit, uh, one of the main reasons why I volunteer is because I've learned so much from the people that I work alongside. Um, although I'm very nosy, and I'll ask them what particular things they're buying and what they're using it for. I'm always asking questions. So I've learned an enormous amount um, because I've, I've come quite late to allotmenting. I've only been here, have a, a plot for about three years. So I haven't got a clue what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I'm very keen to support the, the trading shed because, um, you know, the range of stuff they have, um, it's an absolute lifeline for people, especially local people in Burnham because it's, there's no other place to go really unless you you know, travel out of town. So um, it, it's good, the quality's first class. And um, yeah, I can't say, it's all, uh, you know, voluntary uh, workers from the allotment holders themselves. And they run it and uh, I think they do a fantastic job.
yes, I've used a trading shed. I, I think it's a really great facility. The way that you can rent a strimmer or rent a mower, or indeed, I haven't done it, but a cultivator. Uh, I think that's really uh, a fantastic service. I don't like using weed killers. I don't like using um, slug repellents. Uh, what we, we have done in the shop actually is that um, we've changed the, uh, the, sl the slug pellets. So we sell now the ferrous oxide uh, slug pellets um, because they're less harmful to wildlife. Um, and that is something that I was quite passionate about because um, the slug pellets uh, that we have used in the past, uh, the traditional older ones, have been quite harmful to wildlife, to the birds um, and small mammals and uh, it's something that I was quite keen to change and I know that the um, the guy that's done the ordering is, was, was quite helpful and wanted to listen um, and was keen to speak to the suppliers and see if we could get some less toxic slug pellets, which is what we've done. Yeah, I took on the newsletter uh, uh, and uh, I don't know a year or so ago uh, and so I produced that I think it's supposed to be four times a year it actually goes out about three times a year and I'm dead keen on getting copies so if anybody wants to write for the newsletter uh, that would be really good 300 pages and a 300 words and a photo makes a page so uh, anybody listening who would like to write anything about why I like the allotments, why I don't like the allotments, what I grow that works, what I grow that doesn't work, uh, why I'm obsessed with onions or carrots, that'd be brilliant. Our committee consists of me as the chairman, Jane, my secretary, Peter Martin, who's vice chairman, Jane Sisterton, she works in the shed with uh, Tim Lister and Dan Lister's the plot secretary and we meet monthly up the carnival hall to discuss things in general what's happened what have they bought what's been sold and uh, hire out mowers and rotivators if people need them I'm, a, I'm quite a private person Oh, I, I do it for my own pleasure really yeah. uh, that's not to say there isn't a competitive streak in there somewhere but um, no I'm, I'm, I'm not for showing 